Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker are back. We're doing part four of Indiana Jones and the Monkey King by Chris Columbus, who I am sad to say, as of yesterday, still lives. Oh, shit. <laughs> he still lives. Yikes. Damn. Indiana Jones, the Monkey King, and the Barrel Bananas. You know, one after bad reading story. this script, uh, it makes me sad that Chris Columbus is still alive. Wow. Is, is that Christ. rude? Only a little bit. I'm Only a little. Here. I mean, I don't know if I would wish death on anybody. I don't wish death on him. I'm just disappointed that it hasn't come. Mad someone else hasn't wished death and it worked for them. I'm the unlucky one. <laughs> it's Every, all about me, and I'm very upset. Every morning I wake up, I check Twitter. <laughs> is Chris Columbus dead yet? <laughs> That's exactly how he frames it. <laughs> Every and day, he says, yes. he's just he's just voodoo. He's fucking voodoo. Like Google auto completes it now. Is and the it, whole rest is <laughs> <in>. Christopher. <laughs> he's, he's, he's subscribed on Amazon to keep getting voodoo dolls every month. Like he's got the little go button. He's got a he's got like the hookup on Etsy, custom made Chris Columbus dolls dressed as Indiana Jones. Sometimes they send him to the Explorer. But let me explain why, if I may. Previously on Table Reads. So Chris Columbus started this Indiana Jones script at a haunted castle in Scotland. Like you do. Then there was a legitimate ghost. Then Indiana Jones was fucking all his students. Then Indiana Jones went to Africa to chase down a monkey man king of legend um not an artifact because you know how archaeologists look for people and his annoying student that he was fucking tagged along got more annoying some nazis are following him around i mean we don't even get a sense of why these nazis are following him around other than maybe they got wind that Indiana Jones was going to be in town. They're like, that guy fucked with us before. Let's go see what he's up to. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, one of those Nazis has a machine gun in his finger. Yes! Or at least it wasn't his dick. Jeff loves the machine gun finger. I love the machine gun Wait, finger. you know what? That could be the next part. It's a dick machine gun. Oh, that's, oh, like, uh, that's uh, like an Austin Powers movie is what that is. No, no, no. Dust Till Dawn. Sex, sex machine? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He turns around, has his cock gun. That's yeah. so Played weird. by Tom Savini. That's right, the makeup guy. Maybe he did this gun. So, yes, uh, it starts off like a Scooby-Doo movie, and so far it is now turned into a James Bond movie, and I'm, I'm, I'm just... Guys, I'm angry about it. 
Sean angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Indiana Jones and yeah. his escape from expedition. I, I get almost <laughs> five and a half feet tall. <laughs> what the fuck? Fade in. Interior warehouse. Dashiel's speedboat bursts through another wall. The boats. We stopped in the middle of an action sequence. By the way, there was a speedboat fight. Sorry. It was a. It was a good stopping point. We're sorry. inside the dock now. Fitterman's fishing or whatever. Not sorry. It was a director's choice. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Fuck sure. those guys. Yeah, I'm Steven Spielberg today. <laughs> <laughs> Dashiel's speedboat bursts through another wall. The boat skids across the warehouse floor, screeching to a stop. A shaken dash. You know, it was a, a cliffhanger. It's appropriate for there an Indiana go. Jones movie. We see? see him crashing through a wall and then save the rest for next week. Boom. That's what this is supposed to be about. Did Indiana Dashiel survive in the Nazi speedboat chase? Find out next week, tuning in to the Table Reads podcast. A shaken Dashiel gets out. Not stirred. Indy runs to the window. Indiana's POV. I see what you did there because it's like a James Bond movie now. Yep. Good job. Yeah. The Nazi speedboat shoots out of the docks, escaping across the water. Indiana grabs his whip. Oh, God, I hope he whips it all the way. <laughs> Just grabs that boat. He kicks open the warehouse window. He snaps his wrist. Crack. The whip shoots forward, attaching itself to the rear of the Nazi speedboat. <laughs> yes! Shoot! Yes! Every time I think I'm, like, predicting something ridiculous and absurd that couldn't possibly happen, it happens! <laughs> oh, wait. Do, do it again. <laughs> what? Predict a thing. <laughs> you gotta do something new. <laughs> Predict that the soundtrack will soar. <laughs> Attaching itself to the rear of the Nazi speedboat. Speedboat. Speedbert. <laughs> speedboat. That's what you get when Ernie leaves his shit That's laying like around and Bert's like, oh, I'm gonna try with this in. <laughs> I'm Speedbert now. <laughs> Indy firmly grips the end of the whip. The whip tightens. Whoosh! Indiana is pulled out of the window. I hope that he... Okay, here we he go. He water skis yeah. behind the Nazi speedboat. I hope at one point he kills Gutterbug by whipping his arm and then making him shoot himself in the head. Gutterbug exchanges... It's on the board. Yeah. Gutterbug exchanges a victorious laugh with Rudolph, the speedboat driver. Who, he when did he names get here? every single thing that appears on the screen. Helmets did. He's already costume? killed two Nazis with names that never spoke. Helmet and Klaus never had a line of dialogue. Rudolph has to have a blinking red nose. I thought this was the deer from the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that he didn't shoot. It I turns was a Nazi. Out he was a Nazi. <laughs> It was a fair hostage situation. They, they spared me, so I became the getaway driver. <laughs> it's a bit of Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> also, all deer speak like this. I didn't know if you know that. Especially when we are from Mozambique. <laughs> also, why is there a deer in Mozambique? Should it not be a gazelle or an impala or something? It probably was. He didn't know what it was called. <laughs> look at that deer. When's the internet coming so I can look this up? <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I did it. I did it again. I swear to God, I'm not looking ahead. What'd you do? Gutterbug exchanges a victorious laugh with Rudolph, the speedboat driver, thinking they have lost Indiana. A frightened Tiki looks back. His eyes suddenly fill with hope. Gutterbug turns. His mouth drops open. Indiana uses his whip to water ski behind the Nazi speedboat. Yes! Jostradamus is dead. Sean Stradamus is here. Yeah! (laughs) Predict more good stuff. A red-faced gutterbug slams his fist on the dashboard. He removes a sharp knife. He hurriedly begins to slice through Indy's whip, trying to break the connection. Indiana aims his pistol at Gutterbug, but suddenly a shot whizzes by Indy's head, followed by another, and another, coming from behind. Indy turns. A second Nazi speedboat is in hot pursuit. There are five Nazis inside. Here are all their names. (laughs) Armed with pistols and rifles, all firing shots at Indiana. Meanwhile, Gutterbug's knife continues to slice through Indy's whip. Only a few threads remain. Indiana performs some expert water skiing, swerving, spinning, jumping, all in an attempt to avoid the flying bullets from behind. Suddenly, Indy's whip snaps. Indiana falls underwater, directly in the path of the second Nazi speedboat. Tiki hides his eyes. Gutterbug laughs. It appears that Indiana has met a grisly death. The Nazis in the second speedboat are delighted. Ah, yeah, <laughs> we Sha- did nothing. <laughs> Shaking each other's hands. <laughs> Camera pans to below the speedboat. We move underwater. Soundtrack music score! Da, 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 da. We see da, da. Indiana very much alive. He straddles the bottom of the speeding That's boat. right. He caught it, everybody. <laughs> no. This fucking retarded. Fuck he, he caught the smooth waxed underside of a boat with his grip of fingers. Non-gun right no, now. No, with his thighs. Oh, with he's his thighs. He's straddling it. How is he straddling <laughs> He's upside down like it's a horse underwater. <laughs> this is my favorite thing. <laughs> Uh, to war. I've never felt so much like committing murder on a human before. This is fantastic. I hate you too. You should. <laughs> I've done many bad things. I've done in my terrible life. things. Like in this movie is not one. Oh my god. Um, holding on with all of his strength. Indiana climbs toward the side of the speedboat, battling the pressure of the rushing water. Camera follows Indiana out of the water as he climbs aboard the second speedboat. Yeah, he's back in it! The four Nazis, there were five, I guess one suddenly died, are laughing, talking, their backs turned to the approaching Indiana. Moving like lightning, Indy grabs one of the Nazis and tosses him overboard. With a swift punch to the stomach and jaw, Indy sends another Nazi into the water. Splash. The other two Nazis tackle Indy. They fall to the deck, fighting. Nobody's driving the boat! 
Gutterbug looks back, shocked that Indy is still alive. Gutterbug growls, frustrated. His eyes suddenly light. He spots something. A head. That's its own paragraph. Two gargantuan ocean liners are moving toward each other, coming together. There is an opening between the two ships that continues to get smaller as the ships move closer. Gutterbug smiles. An idea. A completely original idea that we've never seen in anything before. <laughs> he orders Rudolph to drive through the opening. In the second speedboat, the Nazis have overcome Indiana. One Nazi pins Indy down. The other removes a thick metal chain from his neck. A red swastika dangles from the chain. The Nazi wraps the chain around Indy's neck. He begins to strangle Indiana. Gutterbug's speedboat moves toward the ocean liner. The opening between the two ships continues to sink. Shrink, excuse me, Jesus, I'm hungry guys. Getting smaller and, new paragraph, smaller, new paragraph. The second speedboat is directly behind Gutterbug. The Nazis are strangling Indiana. The color begins to leave Indy's face. He gasps for air. The opening between the two ocean liners continues to get smaller, less than 10 feet wide. Guys, who are these cruise liner captains? What, what are they doing? They are also drunk. <laughs> oh, look how close we can get. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Look at them Nazis. You left your wallet over here. We'll come real close and pass it by. <laughs> Only idiots would come this way. They have the whole ocean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Turn left or right. <laughs> I don't even know where I am. Uh. Uh. Oh, yeah. Gutterbug's speedboat is only a few feet away. Through his fluttering eyes, Indiana sees Gutterbug's speedboat headed for the ocean liners. Indiana is nearly unconscious. The giggling Nazis <laughs> tighten the chain around his neck. <laughs> he kills this man now. <laughs> he kills this man now. <laughs> oh, look, yeah, kill him. I love ocean liners. Honk, honk. Just like the last one. <laughs> With less than an inch to spare, Gutterbug's speedboat squeezes between the two ocean liners. The second speedboat is only a few feet from the ocean liners, but as the ships move closer, the opening is nearly closed. The driver can't turn away. He's too close. He emits a scream. The Nazis pause from strangling Indiana. They turn. Indy moves fast. He dives overboard into the water. Yeah, we know what overboard is. We know this is a, a water boat. This isn't like some weird sand boat. Into the lava. Water boat. <laughs> <laughs> it could be this, an air, airship. Airship. No. In this movie, it could have been, yes. It could have been. No. This could have been the skiff on Tatooine. He dives overboard into the mystery machine. Into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> The speedboat hits the opening. Too small. The speedboat is crushed between the two ocean liners. The Nazis let out their final screams. Ah! 
Wilhelm. I believe it's Wilhelm would just die already. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he wasn't wearing a helmet. Yeah, it's not Wilhelm, it's Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Followed by a fiery explosion. Flaming pieces of the wreckage are splattered through the night sky. Gotterberg turns, his grinning, sadistic face lit by the explosion. Tiki's eyes are filled with fear. Tiki also not a line of dialogue so far. I don't think he can talk. Several feet away, Indiana Jones surfaces alive. He swims to the near. No, there's a nearby shore. It's, hold on, he surfaces alive. Like you're just gonna. Fifty-nine pages into the script, his lifeless corpse bobs to the top <laughs> of the water. His face destroyed from the explosion. And. Scene. <laughs> the rest of the movie's about Betsy. She puts on Indy's hat. Somebody get that man a pizza. <laughs> that belongs in a museum. <laughs> Claire and Betsy get together. Yeah, a very yeah. progressive movie. He swims to the nearby shore and climbs out of the water. The, the nearby shore. How close are these ocean liners to the shore? It could be a jetty. That's what I'm imagining. It couldn't be a fucking shore. I'm imagining that Chris Columbus doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Oh, absolutely not. He rubs his reddened neck, catches his breath, and looks into the distance. Indy sees Gutterbug's speedboat. Too far to catch. If only my whip were three miles long. (laughs) Goddamn ocean liners. (laughs) Gutterbug sees the silhouette of Indy standing on the distant shore. You can tell because he still has his hat on through all this. So long as it's got live bait in it, we'll be all right. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I bet he catches a fish now. <laughs> uh, Gutterbug orders the driver to move faster. The engine roars. Gutterbug looks back at Indy. The Nazi emits a maniacal laugh that pierces the air. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know what a German maniacal. No, 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 was. no. I like the laugh. I'm like, just why? Like what? <laughs> yeah. Indiana watches the speedboat escape into the night. His eyes fill with rage, vengeance. Claire, Scraggy, and a very drunk Betsy join Indy on the shore. Betsy puts her arms around Indiana. She rests her head on his shoulder. She closes her eyes and emits a drunken sigh. (sighs) What a romantic night! An annoyed Indy pushes Betsy away. In the water, I would hope. In a drunken stupor, Betsy moves to the next person, Claire. Thinking she's still with Indiana, Betsy puts her arm around Claire. A worried Claire is too concerned with the departing Nazi speedboat. Claire turns to in- Inky. Inky. <laughs> Will they hurt Tiki? They know he's important to us. They'll use him to bargain for this. The scroll. Eyes closed, resting her head on Claire's shoulder. Betsy sighs. <sighs> Indy, you smell so good. So masculine. Claire pushes Betsy away. Betsy spins and wraps her arms around Scraggy. Claire watches the Nazi speedboat disappear into the night. 
Will they be following us? Every step of the way. Betsy, still thinking she's snuggling with Indiana, rubs her face against Scraggy's bristly beard. <laughs> Will they be following us every step of the way? Then why are they driving away? Yeah. <laughs> Will they be following us? Yes, in the opposite direction. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna. They're about to bust a U.E. We need to get out of here. That's how sneaky Nazis are. They follow you by running away. <laughs> They'll be coming on the opposite horizon from <laughs> the other way. Yeah, just <laughs> right around the Earth. The most efficient route. Mmm, <laughs> Indy. I love it when you don't shave. It's so sexy. Scraggy pushes Betsy away. She spins, this time putting her arms around a hanging fisherman's net, filled with fish. Meanwhile, Scraggy looks at Indiana and Claire. Pandula, god of purity, say, always stay ten paces ahead of bad spirit. Exactly. We can't let the Nazis get to the city first. If they do, they'll wipe out one of the greatest archaeological finds in history. Indiana turns and walks away. Claire and Scraggy hurriedly follow. There's no time to lose. The drunken Betsy continues to embrace the net of dead fish. Betsy turns, eyes closed. She smiles. How about a little goodnight kiss? Betsy kisses the lips of a dead fish. She smiles, impressed. Mm, Indy, you really know how the way to a girl's heart. Betsy opens her eyes, face to face with the dead fish. Betsy screams and runs toward the departing Indiana, Claire, and Scraggy. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. What's up, Docs and Docettes? Trevor Thompson, the self-appointed Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Here, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput. Which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. Not only is this script getting more and more stupid, I feel like it's making me more and more stupid. How dare just you? Just by doing itself to me. Doing itself to me. <laughs> so I think there's some efficacy to what Sean says. I feel like if you read enough stupid shit, you become more stupider. See? See? Your grammar gets all fucked up? It does. I start misspelling things in my verbiage. I don't know. I'm digging this as like a pulpy, stupid... Like, I'm gone, right? Like, I'm gone from the realm of like, cool, like, mystery history architectural shit now i'm just seeing this as a pulpy punching the nazis getting not one but two girls and possibly their mom and then you got like the racist side character and all the shit like i'd, I'd love if it, it. wasn't it's indiana so jones 
it would be more entertaining. That's that's true. It, like, it could be yeah. just any pulp serial he- hero that they yeah. had back in the day. But they slapped an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, this should have been Montana Smith or something. That's right. <laughs> Jersey <laughs> Joe goes to Africa. Joyzy Joe goes to Africa. Ah, uh, what's this? It's a big monkey. <laughs> Romancing the Stone too. Why are you there here? You Why are you here? They were out of bagels at my favorite joint. Y'all got any bagels? <laughs> this ain't the 405. <laughs> oh, yeah? What exit? It's a Mozambique. <laughs> Fade in. Exterior. Zambesi River. The following day. I said it right this time. The Zambesi. Zambesi. No, I got Zambesi wrong. Right before, but I couldn't say river, and I tried like three times. <laughs> We've all grown. <laughs> that was, I mean, two weeks ago. Maybe that's why you don't remember. I can't remember anything. It was episode two of this script. Early morning. The sparkling waters of, of the Zambesi are lined with by thick jungle. Sounds of screeching gibbons, exotic birds, chattering insects, and various other wildlife echo from the jungle. No, I don't have a jungle, I have a forest. Uh, bright rays of hot sunlight sprinkle through the leaves of the towering palm trees. A 55-foot tattered wooden riverboat, the Adobo, travels along the Zambesi. The boat is filled with various crates and barrels of supplies, and there are several men, crew members, all native of natives of Mozambique. They are a motley crew, all armed with swords and daggers. They are dirty, tattered, unkempt. Are we turning into a pirate movie now? <laughs> is is he just are are we doing uh an anthology here? Oh, That's okay. what it seems like. We've got our Scooby-Doo movie. We've got our James Bond movie. We've got our suicidal psycho girl movie. And now we're moving into our pirate movie. Is that what's happening? I'm so stoked I get to change my voice. Arg, it's me, Scraggy, and the crew. <laughs> <laughs> girl coming on the banana barrel. It's like... Steven Spielberg's like, hey, uh, Chris, you want to try to write a movie? He's like, well, I got five short films. <laughs> I think I can staple them together. He's a little before his time. Netflix, it would have worked. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This is Black Mirror. The boat pulls a long wooden raft behind it. Scraggy's Model T is attached to the raft. One of the crew members, a young man, sits on the raft. He strums a beaten guitar, singing a folk song. Indiana stands at the ship's steering wheel, forehead covered with sweat. He guides the ship along the twisting waters. Claire exits from a cabin, carrying a stenographer's notebook. She looks radiant. Her red hair shimmers in the morning sun. Claire walks up beside Indy. She crinkles her nose. What is that awful aroma? Scraggy's taking a shower. Indy points off screen. Scraggy, fully clothed, stands here. He rubs a large, fresh onion over his face, arms, and legs, squeezing the onion juice over his body. Indiana explains to a befuddled Claire. He believes that onions keep bad spirits from entering his body. 
writing in her notebook. In all my years of anthropology, I've never run across anyone or anything quite like Scraggy. <laughs> He's a rare breed. You're looking very lovely. You're looking very lecherous. Just trying to be friendly. Save it for the schoolgirls. Look, Claire, Betsy's just an anxious archaeologist. <laughs> Betsy's just an anxious archaeologist. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Again. Two times. Take, take three. three. Take, Shit. Three. take three. three. All right. All right. Look, Claire, Betsy's just an anxious archaeology student. She admires my work. Who can blame her? But it's just some kind of hero worship thing. That's you too. There was never any romance. Betsy pops in from off screen, kisses the Andy Indiana. I dreamed about our first night together. <sighs> Indy sighs. Claire disgustingly shakes her head. She continues to scrawl more into her notebook. Indiana gives her a startled look. You writing this down? I'm keeping an accurate record of our journey. What's that got to do with my personal life? Evidence. I plan on testifying at your child molestation trial. <laughs> Finally, yes. somebody says it. Oh, I love it. Indiana shakes his head, staring into the distance. He sighs. <sighs> Why do I do this to myself? Holding her head in pain, Betsy turns to Claire. Because <laughs> you're a monster. Pedo. <laughs> hey, lady. You're supposed to be a doctor. You got any cures for a hangover? The best I've heard was used by a New Zealand tribe. One part crushed owl's skull, two parts rhino saliva, one part zebra dandruff. Betsy's face become pales. Indy interrupts. No, no, get a, get a cup of donkey sweat, two spoons of skunk hair, and one pint of shredded lizard tongue. Betsy turns a light shade of green. Scraggy argues. I always use family cure. Two spoons chopped leeches, half cup horse mucus, two quarts crocodile urine. Ick, ugh, excuse me. Betsy runs off screen. The others exchange a shrug. Scraggy looks at the river ahead. How far we travel, Indy? Almost 20 miles. Any sign of the Nazis? Lungs, we keep at this pace, they'll have trouble tracking us. So, real quick, you know how uh, the lady Marion from the first movie, Marion Ravenwood, Marion Ravenwood. You know how she was awesome, <laughs> and then like the one in Temple of Doom was real annoying. I don't even remember her name. It's almost like Chris Columbus is like, all right, I'm gonna make people like that lady. And then they made us like Marion Ravenwood in the fourth Indiana Jones movie. I don't know what fourth Indiana. You need to stay off the drugs, son. He knocked her up. <laughs> it's in it's my a, head. Some kind of fourth Indiana Jones movie. I don't. This guy. Your fantastical imaginings. I watched the fourth movie like it ended with the skulls just putting the information in her head. What are you talking about? <laughs> I had a fever. <laughs> Camera pans from the hopeful faces of Indiana, Scraggy, and Claire to the cabin behind them. Here, a crew member hides in the shadows, his face hidden. He holds a small radio receiver. He whispers into the receiver. 
speaking in perfect German. Cut to... Cut to hopefully an explanation of why the Nazis have so many troops and people in Africa. And in weird places. Like, don't you have a war to fight? Why, why did they even steal Tiki if their plan was just to follow Indiana Jones anyway? They kind of showed their hand. They could have just been following him and then it would have been fine. But they didn't need to steal the kid. He offers nothing. Yeah. If we're just going to follow this guy around. Just leave the kid with him. Yeah. If you're going to take Tiki, then just hang out. Right. Hang out where Indy can get to you. Yeah. Well, why right. not let Indy take the kid oh, well, to I guess the Monkey not, King I thing. guess they didn't take him to lure Indy. They took him so he can lead them to the artifact. Right, but they're just following him now. They're following Indy. Like they realize, Look, I guess they, the kid they've got talk. a multi-pronged attack. <laughs> they a have blitzkrieg, one, if you will. <laughs> they have one group of people taking Tiki and going to get the stuff. They have another group of people making sure Indy isn't getting to rescue Tiki. They're like, we have learned our lesson with this motherfucker. <laughs> we throw everything. Oh no, you're on your way to Poland. Turn around. Get to Africa. We got a situation down here. Poland can wait another couple of years. Two girls, a crazy taxi driver, and some fucking archaeologist. We have the most complicated speedboat Nazis in the world. <laughs> Cut to Gutterbug. Speedboat. No, wait. Gutterbug. <laughs> Bubbug. He's just. It's- Every time he types Gutterbug, he spells it differently. And this is just a bunch of noises. <laughs> he is seated in Nazi headquarters. He repairs his detached machine gun arm, which sits on the table b- beside him. It's detachable like a real gun. <laughs> <laughs> Behind Gutterbug, a group of Nazis listen on the radio transmission of Scraggy's treacherous crew member who discloses the location of the riverboat. The Nazis chart out the boat's exact location on a large wall map. Lieutenant Mephisto supervises the project. Tiki, bound, gagged, and bruised, watches from a corner. Mephisto looks at all the Nazis. We must leave. Immediately! Dissolve to night in the jungle. You mean exterior jungle night. Right? Because that's how you write a script? Nope. Night in the jungle. Night in the jungle! (laughs) Various shots of exotic animals. A creeping panther. A sleepy white bat. A tense scorpion. What the f- (laughs) Scorpion's smoking a cigarette like, Jesus, guys, come on. God, they're after me. They're after me. First of the month's coming up. (laughs) They're gonna find me. A family of crocodiles. Aboard ship, Indiana, Scraggy, Claire, and Betsy are gathered on the deck, seated in a circle. They are surrounded by the crew members. Everyone eats their dinner from tin cans. The surrounding... Are you okay over there, Jeff? He <laughs> hasn't stopped laughing. I'm building the lore of this anxious ass scorpion. <laughs> scorpion. <laughs> like it's so funny. Sorry, y'all keep reading. I'm going to push my mic away. <laughs> you got a mute button, you know. <laughs> I'm going to hold it down. <laughs> Sorry, that fucking got me. Shit. 
What a bit. The surrounding lanterns cast an eerie light on the area. The young crew member plays a soft, spooky tune on his guitar. Betsy is restless. She glares at the guitar player. Don't you know something else? Something upbeat? The guitar player is a the guitar player ignores Betsy. For every time that someone ignores Betsy, this is like an indicator that you can just remove that character. If you completely cut Betsy out of the script, all it does is make the script more tolerable. Unless the last act is his trial for being a pedophile. Maybe that's what it is. Like I said, this is escaping extradition. That's all this. Right? <laughs> Why is he on the riverboat? There's no Monkey King. He's just avoiding going to prison. Yeah, that's all this is. <laughs> Gonna dump her body behind the waterfall. Da, da, da. The Monkey King took her. <laughs> Betsy sighs. Upset. Bored. Same. It's so hot. Stuffy. Do we have to stay on this stupid boat all night? We have to keep moving. Can we at least jump in the water? Go for a swim? There's an old legend about the Zambezi. In ancient times, criminals were given their choice of execution. Or swimming across the Zambezi. Most chose execution. Claire's right. We'd be safer on the boat. Now quit moaning and eat your food. Why doesn't someone just say, there are fucking crocodiles. And leeches. Well, they don't have to because it's in the scene setup that there is just a family of crocodiles. Yeah. Just someone point. Like, what? what's with this legend, the criminals given their choice of execution or swimming across the shit up. Like, dude, fucking crocodiles. I'm so smart. I or, know things. better yet... Don't tell her. Say sure. <laughs> yeah, go for go a swim. for a swim. Good luck, bitch. <laughs> you onion smelling ass slut. Well, no, he's that's a, scraggy. My you've bad. Got, you've got banana like a smelling. <laughs> I just want to say I apologize to Sean for his Betsy because this is about to be a thing here. Oh wow! No, I love his Betsy. Good, yeah, I'm it's very entertaining. But can it hold up the four paragraphs? Yes. Like yes. yes. He just, he just has to do the wrist flick. Yeah. An angry Betsy tosses her tin can overboard. She stands, furious with Indiana. Let it out. <clears throat> no, don't get proper with me. <laughs> oh, mad. You are so rude. I travel thousands of miles just to be with you, and everybody treats me like dirt. Declare. Nobody even talks to me without making some condescending remark. They think I'm too stupid to understand. So maybe I don't know a lot about weird tribal dances. I'm still pretty good with anthropology and archaeology. Maybe I could even help you out if somebody gave me a chance. Clued me in to what it is we're doing here. To Indy. Because whether you like it or not, Indiana Jones, I'm part of this expedition too. <laughs> that was amazing. Claire raises an eyebrow, <laughs> impressed. Indiana says nothing. He can't argue. He could. Scraggy interjects. My friend's also curious about where we journey to Indy. Yeah, like they have to steer the boat. Like, where, uh, huh? Well, it's a river, so I'm assuming straight. <laughs> uh, up <laughs> or down. Not the other way. The crew members nod, staring at Indiana. The crew members all apparently understand English in Mozambique, <laughs> staring at Indiana. 
Indiana turns to Claire. She smiles. Just tell us all a bedtime story, Dr. Jones. <sighs> Indiana sighs. The crew member's guitar playing combines with the soundtrack, backing up Indiana's story with an eerie tune. Oh boy, here we go. Get it, Josh. <clears throat> I didn't read ahead, so I was completely unprepared. Yeah. <clears throat> Long ago, a place known as Flower Fruit Mountain in the Chinese province of Oulai was struck by lightning. A stone monkey, Sun Wukong, was born. This monkey, he could walk, talk, like human? More than human. He was blessed with countless heavenly powers. But it wasn't enough. Sun Wukong wanted to learn the secret of eternal life, of immortality. Equipped with his golden hooped rod to protect him, Sun Wukong traveled the world for many years learning the secret philosophies and teachings of eternal youth. Eventually, he was granted entrance to heaven where the Jade Emperor gave Sun Wukong the title of Great Sage of the Heavens and permitted him to oversee the Garden of Immortal Peaches. <laughs> <laughs> Made in Georgia. <laughs> Millions of peaches. After several years, the stone monkey returned to somewhere on Earth. Here he ruled an empire civilization of monkeys and humans who had lifespans of many hundreds years. The exact whereabouts of that lost city has been a mystery for hundreds of years, until Dr. Clark discovered the pygmy. The crew members, Scraggy, Betsy, and Claire, listen with fascination. It's uncertain just how much of this legend is based in reality. Nevertheless, we're hoping to find some sign of the lost civilization. What about Sun Wukong? Whatever he was, a stone idol, an actual monkey, a human being, is unknown. <laughs> but he is one of the most influential religious figures in history, and his remains are most likely somewhere in the lost city. Suddenly, they are interrupted by a distant sound, a low rumbling sound, bizarre, unearthly. Unlike anything we've heard before. I could do that just by putting the mic down on my stomach right now. <laughs> Indiana turns to Scraggy. Sound familiar? It is far, far away. Many miles. What is it? Some kind of weird animal? No animal sounds like that. Could be Bonsi Baba. Bonsi Baba? Bonsi Baba is a giant demon from hell. He is 50 feet tall, breathes fire, makes sound like human never hear before. He is made up of all evil in the world. Cheery thought. The sound suddenly stops. Everyone exchanges a frightened, terrified glance. Indiana stands. Whatever the hell it is, it went to sleep for the night, which is what we should do. Cut to later that night, long shot. The boat. The boat sails along the river, beneath the moonlight. A lone crew member stays awake at the steering wheel. Other crew- I hate the way he, like, breaks up sentences. Because I know people listening to this are like, why is he reading this like some sort of spastic? Yeah. But it's because there's a fucking period there. <laughs> there are. Other comma, crew comma. members sleep along the deck. Scraggy sleeps in a hanging cot. Indiana is asleep in his cabin. Suddenly, 
the door slowly creaks open. A shadow appears on the wall, coming toward Indiana. The shadow extends a hand. The hand grabs Indy's blanket. Indy wakes. He leaps out of bed and tackles the mysterious person. Indy flips on the cabin lamp. The intruder is none other than Betsy. Indiana pulls Betsy to her feet. She gives a flirtatious smile. Couldn't sleep. The heat. I'm in the mood for passion. I'm in the mood for isolation. Indiana leads Betsy to the open door. He begins to push her back outside. Betsy stops him. I'm not leaving. Not till I get a kiss. Betsy. One kiss or I'll scream. I swear. I'll take the I'll wake the whole boat. Indiana has no choice. He sighs. Okay. Just one. Leans toward her, pauses. Keep your mouth closed. They kiss. Betsy wraps her arms around Indiana, turn it into a passionate kiss. At that moment, across the hall, Claire exits the bathroom, toothbrush in hand. She sees the kissing Indiana and Betsy. Claire stares, open-mouthed, shocked. Indiana opens his eyes. He sees Claire watching them. An angry Claire marches into her room. She slams the door. We hear Claire locking the door behind her and moving a piece of furniture in front of the door. Indiana pushes Betsy away, angry. He quickly closes his door. Betsy walks back to her room. A huge, satisfied, satisfied smile covers her face. Da, 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 da. The following morning. Sunrise. Peaceful. Calm. Birds sing. The riverboat has traveled countless miles into the heart of the Zambesi. A tired crew member mans the boat's steering wheel. Camera pans down, a thing that cameras don't do, moving along the side of the boat. We stop at water level. A hand shoots out of the water, gripping a rusted sharp knife, followed by another hand, and another, and another, until there are countless hands reaching for the side of the riverboat. The hands grab hold of the boat. Several dark figures slowly rise out of the water. Only the outlines of the bodies are visible, backlit by the rising sun. The figures climb up the side of the boat, carefully creeping, moving silently. Down through the centuries. The you know, Highlander reference there. It's solid. Indiana stands on the rear deck, shirt wrapped around his waist. He is shaving. Claire sits a few feet away, writing in her journal. Indy glances to her, curious. What's that you're writing? The erotic adventures of Indiana Jones, professor of perversity. It's professor of fucking. We established that, right? I'm pretty sure we did. Very Pervert city. Very funny. Camera pans to the front deck, stopping on the driver. He stares ahead, steering the ship. Suddenly, a figure appears behind the driver. Yeah. The figure grabs the driver around the neck. Before the driver can scream, the figure slices his throat. <laughs> Scraggy witnesses this through an open porthole. Stop breaking up sentences. I think his comma is broken. His face covered with shock, fear. Interior, lower cabin, kitchen. 
Betsy stands over a large skillet. She fries pancakes, lifting the first pancake. Bla Betty places it. Betsy places it on a plate that rests beside her. Betsy turns to get another pancake. A hand reaches from off screen. The hand grabs the pancake from the plate. Betsy turns back. She sees the empty plate. She is puzzled, confused. She shrugs, placing another pancake on the plate. She turns back to the skillet. Again, a hand grabs the pancake. Now we're back on Scooby-Doo. This is, this is, this is bad. <laughs> Betsy I'll, turns I'll again and sees an empty plate. She hears giggling behind her. She turns and sees an oriental pirate. Oh, yeah. She hears giggling. Oh, tall, muscular. The pirate towers above Betsy. He is dressed in colorful, tattered clothes. The pirate laughs. <laughs> His bloated mouth dribbles with pancake crumbs. Betsy steps back, frightened. The pirate removes a dagger from his belt. Eyes filled with lechery, the pirate moves toward Betsy. Finally, she's going to get laid. She grabs the skillet, <laughs> throwing hot oil in the pirate's face. He screams. <laughs> Betsy dashes out of the kitchen. Indiana has nearly finished shaving. He tries to convince Claire of his innocence. She continues to write, ignoring him. You are blowing this Betsy thing all out of proportion. Indiana leans down. He rinses his face in a large bucket of water. A dagger flies into frame, just missing Indiana. What? It sticks into the wall a few feet above Indy's head. Claire witnesses this, shocked. <sighs> Unaware of the danger, Indiana raises his head out of the bucket, but still tries to reason to Claire. It's not as if I have this sleazy reputation. Clark is trying to interrupt Indy, trying to point out the dagger. But before she can say a word, Indiana again leans into the water bucket. Another dagger shoots into frame. <sighs> into the wall. This time only inches above Indy's head. Indiana again raises his head. I am a respected, honored, and admired. Claire leaps forward. She pushes Indy out of the way moments before another dagger flies into frame, sticking into the wall. Indy and Claire turn. Three pirates stand there, dirty, toothless, ugly. Swords extended, they move toward Indiana and Claire. Indy's eyes dart to the water bucket table. His whip and pistol rest there, out of reach. Indy and Claire are trapped. The pirates move closer. Suddenly, a loud scream. The pirates look up. Scraggy swings from a rope above. Oh man. Toward the pirates. Before the pirates can react, Scraggy crashes into them. They tumble to the deck. Scraggy shoots to his feet. He tosses a spare sword to Indy. Scraggy and Indy begin to sword fight the pirates. Claire turns, dashing around the corner to safety. A sudden stop. Her face is buried in the hairy bear chest of Kejur, an enormous bear-like pirate king. Kejor hasn't bathed in years. He is dressed in several layers of tattered, colorful clothing, golden jewelry, and animal skins. His stringy hair is long, tied in a ponytail behind his head. A thick, long mustache wraps around a large mouth filled with crooked golden teeth. Claire shrieks. 
Kejor grabs around her waist. He tosses Claire over his shoulder. The riverboat is overcome with a mixture of oriental and black pirates. Soundtrack music soars. Dun, 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 dun. There is a heated battle between the crew members and the pirates. Fists flying. Sword clashing. Using her Brooklyn Street smarts, Betsy fights like a pro. With a swift punching kick, Betsy defeats one pirate. No. She takes his sword. No. Another pirate comes for Betsy. She edges him on. Come on, you ain't so tough. You wouldn't last ten minutes in Brooklyn. The pirate attacks. He and Betsy begin a heated sword fight. Indiana and Scraggy continue to battle the onslaught of sword-slinging pirates. Suddenly, Indy is interrupted by Claire's loud scream. He turns. A pirate ship has appeared. Jesus. Beside the riverboat. The ship is ancient, ominous. Countless pirates are aboard the ship, armed with guns, bows and arrows, and cannons. Fade out. I'm going to end on another cliffhanger. Because who knows how much longer this damn fight goes on. About 32 more pages. And honestly, I'm really hungry right now. And I'm like slurring my words. I need energy so badly. He needs a food slurry. Can you help him out, Jeff? <laughs> food slurry? <laughs> That's yeah, some of our foley work later. Blend up whatever's on the menu. Put it in there. Pour it down the gullet. I don't like chewing. You gotta feed him like a bird. So guys, now there's pirates. I'm s- I was out. Movie number three. I was out, then I'm back in. Four. Four this movies. This is three. Is it three movies? What? In this one script. Four, right? Oh, oh, we're probably at five now with the pirates. Yeah, it's a lot. They are going up a river too, so I'm getting a little apocalypse now mixed with some. I was getting apocalypse now, but then with the the funny bits, if I'm not mistaken, that was a bit in the Mummy when he was on the ferry boat and oh, the lady the kept do- dodging and people kept trying to stab her and shit. <laughs> she was like moving around. No, I don't even remember that movie. That movie's great. Brendan Fraser in the Mummy. So, O'Connell. um, yeah, this. This script is garbage. I'm really glad that Jeff is enjoying it. I was out for a minute, and now I'm back in with the big pirate king. Oriental <laughs> pirates and a bear pirate king. Yeah. Dude, I'm fucking back in, and a pirate boat comes up. They send their men onto the onto the boat with daggers, and then their guys with cannons and bows and arrows and guns show up. Why don't you send them with a gun? What's the elevator pitch for this movie? All right, it's Indiana Jones versus... Bear with me. Ghosts, Nazis, pirates. What else? What I miss? His own destructive tendencies to have sex with underage women. His inner demons. (laughs) Yeah. His own infidelity. Boom. I'm hitting the stop on the elevator and I'm hearing the rest of the story. (laughs) 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 Jeff. You have nothing. Josh, go. JoshuaJBaker.com, M-E at Joshua J. Baker. I do 
voiceover work. Uh, I do podcasts and uh, I do some. Wait, video. you do podcasts? Uh, Tell yeah. me about one I of your podcasts. Uh, Tablereads.com. Tablereadspodcast.com. Oh, see, I didn't. I stopped listening. Yeah. You can, <laughs> and you can follow me on Instagram at xkira kelly. <laughs> <laughs> you can check out my sweet new Devil May Cry outfit. Uh, it's, I'm pretty cool in it's that. Pretty sick. Okay, yeah. For real, guys, though. Check She's, out our other co-host yeah, Kelly. Check out her outfit. On, it was on amazing. Instagram, she's at X Kira Kelly, like the man said. Um, that's K I R A K E L L Y. We just recently did Dragon Con. She had several awesome costumes, um, and they are worth looking at because she is great. Didn't she do the Scarlet Witch? She did a concept art version of Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Because normal Scarlet Witch from the movie is quite boring. Yeah, she is. She also did a great... uh, She was part of a group doing a great Disney Game of Thrones crossover. Yeah. She was Sansarial. Yeah, Ariel and Sansa mashup. It's my favorite mashup I'll show you. It's awesome. It's badass. It's It's amazing. Anyway, uh, for more table reads... Uh, go to TableReadsPodcast.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Table Reads. And if you want to know everywhere in the world you can listen to this podcast, go to TableReadsPodcast.com slash listen. There's a link. Click on something, then subscribe. Next week, we'll be back for part five of Indiana Jones 3. And until then, guys, we'll miss you. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. For more, visit TableReadsPodcast.com. Cut to black.